Okay. I have yeah. a game and you have to play. Okay. 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 <laughs> You're going along with this. I'm going to say a band name from the late nineties or early aughts. <laughs> and you have to start singing out the first song of theirs that comes to your mind. Are you in? Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Yes. Blink 182. Say it ain't so. <laughs> I won't let go. Turn the lights on. Carry me. Na, 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 na. What's my age again? All the small work sucks. I know. I. They also had that one that was kind of like a more moody, like. Already the voice inside my head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so. Okay. Okay, my turn. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yep. The cranberries. Zombie, zombie. They are fighting. Yes, I love that song. And then I also like. Do you have to let it linger? linger. Do you have to uh, let it linger? Yep. Yep. Oh, oh love the cranberries. Okay. Yes. All this was a way for me to bring up specifically Blink 182 for two crucial reasons. Okay. First question for you. Yes. What is the genre of Blink? Oh. What would you call well, it? Well, you know, I'd have to say if I had just, you know, one phrase, it would it would probably be mall punk. Mall punk. Yeah. Oh, Have like you ever that. heard of that? It's the kind of. Oh, I like that. I got to give you a clap for yeah. that. For that. Take. Kind that of was really good. The kind of punk you buy at a mall. Yep. And I, I'm going to say, don't hate on mall punk. I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of it actually. Yeah. I, I'm not one of those people who's like the real punk is blah, blah, blah. I'm yeah, like, do no. I like it? Then no, I'll you're like not going to go in for that. But a lot yeah. of people did. Like, I don't think green day sold out. I like their stuff. A, a lot of people rode pretty hard on blank 182 mm-hmm. thinking that there was some original pure stage in which they were punk. And then they sold out. Oh, I just really punk, enjoy it. It's good pop music. I mean, the fact that it's like 20 something years later mm-hmm. and both of us can just pull those songs. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, that's it's, skill right Well, it's, there. it's the pervasiveness of pop, right? The sensibilities. Yeah. It's pop punk. I'll say I'm not pulling that out of nowhere because my sons listen to this stuff. Yeah. And we dance around our living room yep. um, to to a lot of this this music. Oh. They actually really like harder stuff too, which is so funny. My my younger daughter <laughs> likes the hard stuff too. Really? She likes Metallica. Yeah. Like Enter Sandman yeah. and <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, we ACDC, like there's some stuff where I'm like, I, I, you know, is this okay? I don't know. They're loving it. So we just go for it. Although I hear when we do, we do like rage and, and it ends up devolving into like kid fights pretty fast, but it's very fun. It's a fun journey to get to that point. Raging Against Machine devolved into real fights too. Oh yeah. I, well that, that now there's a band that holds up. But anyhow, we're talking about Blink-182. I have a second, okay, I have a second reason for (laughs) evoking Blink-182. There's a completely weird story about the lead singer, Tom DeLonge, that begins with some wild claims. It takes (laughs) us to the heart of the dysfunction of the 2016 election Mm -hmm. and promises to unload the biggest bombshell in human history. What? I'm Leah Payne. And I'm Brian Doak. And this is Weird Religion, a podcast for people who know religion is weird, but love it anyway. Welcome, weirdos, to season seven. I guess we're kicking it off by talking about Blink-182's lead singer, Tom DeLonge? (laughs) Um, Yes, and UFOs, 
Very and, current. And the things we find out on purpose and by accident. Join us. Tom DeLong was born in the mid-1970s in Cali. He's a Gen Xer, a skateboarder, a surfer, and he formed a band. This is the right thing to do. <laughs> History would prove so. Blink-182's third album, Enema of the State, get it? Enema uh, sold like 15 million copies, I think. Yeah, I remember that iconic um album cover oh, but yeah. the band had mega tensions and breakups and they quit did side projects and as of late 2021 they're now in talks to get back together oh I, i've heard about lots of bands and acts getting back together after a long hiatus and touring and stuff like that you know that they, they got the money calls let's yeah just say. yeah you know abba just did a new album oh, yeah. and one of my favorites they've really never quit the foo fighters oh, i yeah. hope they go on forever and yeah, ever probably <laughs> so, uh, DeLong struggled after the band's first dissolution with what he called a nervous breakdown, had some substance abuse issues, and went on a spiritual quest to figure out what to do with his life um, and reunited with Blank 182. Yeah, and then another traumatic breakup with the band before now talking again about a reunion. There's some issues there. Um, absolutely. <laughs> I'll tell you, I need time. I need personal time for a spiritual quest right about now. But oh, yeah. key for our purposes here is this fact. DeLong is mega, mega, mega into paranormal things and UFOs yes. his whole life, like since he was a child. In fact, he seems to have quit his band at least one of the times to focus more on UFOs. Yeah. One of his bandmates said in an interview that DeLong organized Bigfoot search parties. Oh, you've got our a, kind of on, guy. Come on. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> he, uh, he also started his own entertainment business called To The Stars Academy, which from its website, which I'm looking at right now, Looks like a kind of odd but intriguing mashup of entertainment things and aerospace engineering and science-y things. You mentioned wild claims that Tom DeLonge has made, and I'm guessing that the list is long? Uh, you must be a scholar, for your guesses <laughs> are educated and correct. Um, basically, okay, here are the claims that hit the media, and I'll choose two sources here. One is a four-hour interview on a famous conspiracy radio show really popular with the UFO community called Coast to Coast AM. Um, from 2014. And then there's a nearly two-hour conversation with Joe Rogan uh, on the Ladders uh, podcast yes. in 2017. Here's, okay, Leah, here's a mere sampling of the claims he's okay. made. There's weird stuff happening on the moon, like mining and UFO bases. Maybe the Nazis crashed a UFO at Roswell. There's maybe a secret extra nation state, like a shadow group that controls UFO tech. Whoa. UFO things are connected to our consciousness, like mind control or something. Time travel and remote viewing are involved. There are many races of aliens. They're all in competition, by the way. And there are motherships and baby ships, and we can track these on satellite, and the motherships come and pick up the baby ships. Yeah, okay, that's a lot to unpack. And it goes on and on, and there's <laughs> more. The government and private aerospace companies have, quote, exotic materials that is pieces of UFOs or whole craft. We've been cooperating with Russia since the Cold War what? on UFO tech. What? This all involves the Sumerians, the Akkadian language, the Nephilim from Genesis, Atlantis, the long lost sunken city is or was real. It's a UFO thing. And also this is where we get the Greek gods. They were aliens because there was Greek writing on the recovered craft from Roswell. Ooh, just like Battlestar Galactica. I thought you liked that one, right? Oh, yeah. The Greek gods thing. And all of this, all this, I could take as fun, unverifiable speculation and whatever. However, Tom DeLong goes further. He claims that he has been contacted by and has been in high-level personal communication with U.S. military generals and tons of CIAs and official people. Well, I mean, that makes 
all the sense in the world. That's what soldiers do. Contact <laughs> Tom DeLonge. What, what else would you be doing if you're defending the country, living your retirement uh, as, an, as a Navy admiral? You're like, hey, Enjoy a little mall punk a little while mall you're punk. at it. Um, okay, you know, okay, that's what I'm thinking. Let's listen to Tom talk about some of this. Um, this first clip I'm going to play, this is from the Joe Rogan um, 2017 okay. interview the story okay. so i i uh and this is it's important because you'll see um so he goes what do you need i said i need advisors and then uh so next thing you know i, I leave and two weeks later bam 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 my email starts f so his, his email is going to be lighting up okay here. i have okay. all these admirals all these generals no all these admirals yeah all these generals uh -huh. no intelligence people other than other than brass that were connected with the national reconnaissance office but um, National Reconnaissance Office is half Air Force and half CIA. He knows stuff like this. He's constantly quote like he knows lots of stuff like yeah. about who what the makeup is. Um, but they're all they're all military, <clears throat> and so I start talking to them. I start meeting with them. I fly out um, to Colorado Springs, and there's Colorado Springs seems to be a hotbed of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. There's yep. a general and a colonel, and they look at me and they said uh, they said, okay, do you need anything else? Are you good? And I said, well, I think you guys should talk to the defense intelligence. They're asking him, do you, yeah. do, do, is there anything we can do for you? I'm a, I'm a top okay. intelligence agency. And they go, why? I'm all, I just don't want to upset them. I want to make sure everyone's kosher with what I'm about to do. And uh, the colonel looks at me and he goes, do you ask your dad for permission after your mom's already given it? Okay. Y you know, so yeah. he's talking to colonels. Uh huh. He's talking to generals. Okay. Now the plot thickens. Okay. Here's what he claims happens at, a, at an infamous airport meeting with a top one of these generals, colonels, people, okay? Okay. So I did, and that's when things really started happening. So I'm now I, I fly out to this airport, and I I sit at a table. Did you ever have an airport meeting, by the way? Um, not recently. <laughs> uh, in a restaurant at the airport. No one's in there. And this gentleman sits down. And the waiter comes up, he waves off the waiter and he looks me in the eye and says, it was the Cold War and we found a life form. And that's when I- Okay. This is one this of his is tropes. very cinematic. This is one of his tropes. He's always saying in the interviews, and they, he looked me in the eye. Like he think like that's gonna convey the real- You always wait to talk to somebody um, that is is one of the inside people. You always wanna so have- So he sits down at a restaurant- Now here's Joe Rogan's gonna get skeptical. Restaurant with you at the airport and tells you that they found a life form. Yes. <laughs> and, and during the Cold War? During the Cold War and everything that they did mm. and every decision they made at the time was because of the consciousness of the Cold War. And why has this guy decided to meet with you at Be an airport? Because the only way you meet with these people, the only way you ever would have anyone talk to you is if you can provide a service that they need. Mm -hmm. And my service was pretty interesting to them because I, I said, look, you guys, you know, you, you struggle with saying disclosure. You want to tell everybody everything. Disclosure is the mystical word in the UFO community for the moment when the government comes mm -hmm. clean about what it knows. Thing, which I don't think everyone should know everything. Um, okay. I mean, Rhea, oh. Rhea, I want to ask you, like, does this, I mean, does this sound plausible to you, these meetings, the generals, the airport meetings? Uh, like whether or not it happened. No, it sounds completely <laughs> impossible. Actually, I, you know, when I just listened to that, yeah, I guess I'm sort of comforted by the fact that he, I assume that he has financial security for the rest of his life because I would worry a little bit he if I had him. a relative yes. talking this way because there's, <sighs> you know, in my experience when people are not quite, um, when, when they're experiencing a moment of less than peak 
mental um, co- cognitive function. Yes. You know how people, I, I mean, I, I have loved people in my life um, that are very close to me who've, who've experienced that. So I want to mm. be really clear. I'm not making fun of that at sure. all. Um, but when I hear like specific phrases being repeated again and again and again, right. that feels like a red yes. flag to yes. me. I hear totally what you're saying. You, I mean, I, and I want to be really careful with how I say that because I don't want to be in any way making fun of Oh, them. no, but no, if, no, if, I don't hear if that. If I had a family member talking like that, yeah. I'd be like, yeah. We need to go see. Somebody. You're saying you're saying if you had a family member talking like that, you're you're saying you'd worry that the person was maybe not well. Yes, I would worry about yeah. that. No, mm-hmm. I, I, I similar things. I know exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying. Just because it's like a pa- a speech pattern that I have experienced with people who I love, where it's like, why are you saying those specific phrases again and again? And right. yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, now let me introduce. Not that I'm an expert. Not, I'm no, just we're, saying. No, you, totally. Yeah. We're not trying to diagnose it at nope, the distance. Nope, we're just, we're just nope. calling it. You know, we're just hearing this. That you asked for, I for asked my you. response. I asked you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let me introduce a seemingly unrelated thread. Okay. And then let's watch these threads collide. Okay. Uh, I, that's a mixed metaphor. I realize. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember where you were when the chaos and wonder of the 2016 Hillary versus Donald election really felt real for you? Yes. Where were you? Tell me about that moment. Where the chaos of it? Yeah, just when, oh, like, when I think it really I was watching really the election returns. Oh, the returns. That's yes. when it really was yes. like. Yes, yes, because yes, there's a long story of that, but yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, How about you? I was at a bar in McMinnville, which is a town near us, where there was mm-hmm. a famous UFO sighting. Oh, yes. Called, we you know, will return to oh, the UFO festival. But uh, the debate was on, the one where Hillary was wearing the all-white outfit. Yes, I do remember that very well. And, Donald and she was called like, Donald Trump Donald. Yes, and where mm-hmm. he made the threat of putting her in jail. Mm-hmm. We were sitting at this bar, and the, the debate was on. Talk about a buzzkill. You're watching a debate while Ugh, people are trying to like have a drink. And my wife and I were on a date watching the <laughs> debate at a McMinnville bar. Poor you. Yeah, I mean, it was just, <laughs> it, it, was, it was pretty sad. Um, and just the way people were sitting and watching it, it was so like, silent and grim yes it was just bizarre now do you remember all that stuff which was not in the debate but it came up later do you remember all that stuff with hillary's emails yes of course the lost emails and when trump asked on national television for russia to hack yeah of course i remember that was let's you know wow it's weird to think how much has happened since then because at that time that was like the most outlandish thing you could imagine it was a simpler time it was let's relive it by listening to this oh no that a person in our government, Katie, would delete or get rid of 33,000 emails. How dare they? That gives me a big problem. After she gets a subpoena, she gets subpoenaed. Does and she gets suspicious. rid of 33,000 emails, that gives me a problem. Now, if Russia or China or any other country has those emails, I mean, to be honest with you, I'd love to see them. Russia, if you're listening. I'd love to see Donald Trump. Russia, emails. if you're listening. listening. <laughs> I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing oh my goodness i think let's see oh he says okay you will probably be rewarded mightily by our press uh you know were they rewarded who was rewarded what really happened okay but they did but they did do this they gave them they they did get hacked that that happened and they Mm -hmm. gave them to wikileaks and so we have we have those emails okay i have to just ask is there a tie-in are you going to bring us back to this blink 182 payoff uh, yep. Ah! <laughs> so long story, very short. And the Australian journalist, Ross Coulthard, analyzes all this in his 2021 book, In Plain Sight, which I've read and really enjoyed. These leaked emails show us, and this is crazy, but I actually read the leaked emails. 
and you can if you go to WikiLeaks. Okay. That Tom DeLong did in fact have UFO themed meetings with generals, with two senior what? Air Force gener- uh, generals that had recently retired. Also had meetings with Hillary Clinton's oh campaign manager, goodness. John Podesta. At an airport? Who's a UFO or UAP enthusiast. UAP stands for Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. And also some top aerospace engineer person. And they're discussing it in emails that were supposed to be private. But? And which were leaked, but which... Which Russia hacked and WikiLeaks released. And here's one more thing. A pretty major thing. Some UFO videos that DeLong had in his possession. This is old news, but bears repeating at this point because it, it, it goes to our story. Some UFO videos that DeLong had in his possession in which his company to the stars, or maybe it was the precursor, I forgot, that they released in 27 and people were like, yeah, these are fake. These were the same videos the government itself released in 2019 and and declassified them by the Pentagon and said, yes, these are unidentified aerial phenomenon and we don't know what they are. Um, Tom DeLong was ridiculed when he released them, but the government was actually forced to admit that they were real. (laughs) So should, yeah, should we be re-listening to the entire Blink 182 catalog for secret messages? Uh, I think there's only one answer to that, which is yes. Yes. Um, okay. If Tom DeLong is totally bonkers and all this is fake somehow, but these videos really were released and he really was talking with generals and whatnot, there are limited sensible paths we can take regarding the question, what is happening? Okay. So here's one path. Right. It's true. The aliens are real <laughs> and that they're here. Yeah. that's That needs another another sound. Okay. But okay, I don't I don't want to be credulous about all this. I know I do a lot of UFO jokes and so on. I float another idea. I wonder what you think about it. Okay. I mean, just tell me. Do you think the US government could be doing this on purpose, like putting out fake stuff uh, like as a disinformation campaign? Could be. I- <laughs> okay, let me ask you this. If the government was releasing its own hoax videos of UFOs, spending millions or billions of dollars on secret things like Project Blue Book and the more recent Pentagon initiatives and all this, and also deploying major and serious individuals like generals in our armed forces to tell outrageous lies to Tom DeLong, what possible reasons can you think of for doing this? Okay, I can think of no reasons for that. But some of this really started to hit the fan during the early pandemic. So I do sort of... I guess you could wonder. What do you mean about, about timing? What, what about the pandemic? What do you mean, like the pandemic, like as a distraction, or like did we were just going crazy? Well, I'm just trying to follow your line of reasoning yeah. here. And if we were going to spin spin off on this, yeah, I, I mean, this issue isn't going to go away. About DeLong's claims about the government possessing like materials, yeah. mysterious materials, etc. Um, consider this news just out in Vice magazine. Oh, you've got some news mm-hmm. on this. In mm-hmm. December 2021. Oh, I'm excited. Gary Nolan, an accomplished and serious professor of microbiology at Stanford, is currently working with the U.S. Department of Defense to analyze unidentified UFO crash materials. Uh, cra- cr- crash materials? Like actual materials? Like that? Oh, okay. Well, I'm googling this guy right now. Gary. Oh, it's it's okay. It's Gary with two R's. That's a that's a twist on the name Gary. <laughs> I've never seen that. Okay, Gary. That's a, this is amazing. This is the same guy who worked with Gary Nolan. The same guy who worked with Stephen Greer, who's a noted UFO community insider scientist. Some say he's mm-hmm. a big time con man. Mm-hmm. To show that a little tiny skeleton that was found in the Atacama Desert in Chile, which for all the world looks like an alien, is actually human. Did you have you ever seen a photo of this? Let me show you a photo. Of this um, thing. reaction to the photo. Can you react? Yeah, react? I mean, well, look well at it. Let me show you. I, yes. <laughs> I. What do you think? Uh, 
Well, I guess my original reaction would be it's it's a lot like when I was a child. I I'm a sucker for those like Ripley's Believe It or Not things where they're like, it's a mermaid. It's a whatever. Uh, So, yeah, yeah. That photo, um, the stand, I I, I feel like that does not give me any sense of whether or not it could be real or not. Well, okay. So, but this Gary Nolan guy, he actually, he looked into that and found that it was, it was just a human. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the Stanford professor can be a debunker. Mm -hmm. He's not going to just affirm everything or anything someone like Stephen Greer wants to be true so anyway Professor Nolan gets involved in all of this because the people in our upstanding government (laughs) came to him unprovoked and asked him to analyze some MRIs and medical tests uh, medical test results from pilots and others who claimed they'd been close to these things in the sky medical results really what uh, what did he find Well, that these pilots had real serious medical damage. According to the Vice interview, this Stanford guy is a major cancer researcher. So this is like, it's not a joke. No, no. Um, And Professor Nolan said he thought it was a practical joke. His colleagues were playing with him, (laughs) which is funny because we all know that academics can be super petty. That would be something. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because his prior work um, was on this tiny so-called alien skeleton. Right, right. But no, not a joke. Uh. Um, This is a quote from the Vice article. Nolan gets asked how many patients or victims of this medical damage he has asked, um, he was asked to look at. He answers that it was about 100 patients and Mm. says that these cases are those that got pushed to what he calls the weird desk, which is like, hello, X-Files, a place for cases the Department of Defense can't explain. Wow. And he says they have irregular brain damage patterns. And let's, I mean, well, we can listen to Professor Nolan talk about the types of individuals who have this brain damage from another recent interview about this topic. Colm Kelleher. And then they showed me MRIs of some of these people. And most of those people had interactions with UFOs. And these were Department of Defense and Intelligence people. So supposedly and reasonably credible individuals. So in looking at the MRIs of some of these people, we noticed a area of the brain that seemed to be disturbed, let's say, or different in many of these individuals. Uh, So it's an area that I've talked about before between the head of the caudate and the patamen that had increased neural density. So this guy's like a real scientist. He's getting into real science here, okay? And it was larger in all these individuals. And so you just ask the question, okay, what's unique about these individuals? Well, they're all highly functioning and you have to make snap decisions. Mayday, mayday. And so what is that? That's intuition. A one way to explain it would be intuition or just high. So wait, okay, I'm just, there's, there's more here to listen to, but I, I'm just, he's saying that all of these individuals have something in common, which is they have damage to a part of their brain that's associated with high functioning people and even intuition. Yeah. Highly intelligent. And then surprisingly, when we looked in the family members, we found that the family members had it. Mm-hmm. Which was fascinating. So, that- so wait, I, I just want to predict where this is going. Is he going to say like that UFO sightings run in families? It means that structure had a genetic component, yeah. whatever it was. Here's a question. Are you, do you have a genetic and phenotypic predisposition to seeing the UFOs? Or post-contact, do you now have a more neuronally dense caudate nucleus and patamen? No, I, I don't think that, I, I don't think it's changed. They're just able to as you say, see it. They're, okay. they're able to rec- Neuronally dense is a phrase I'm going to use from now on. Yeah. Recognize it that on for papers. what it might be and not dismiss it. Maybe 
it's allowing. So he's saying, he's saying these people had this damage that ran in their families actually. Mm -hmm. And he's saying it was there before the sightings. So in other words, the sightings didn't cause the damage. But they saw, they were able to see because of what? Because of this like abnormality in their mm -hmm. brains, they were able to access this other us to kind of widen the doors of our normal limited right. scope of perception right and you're seeing these ufos right. that exist kind of interstitially in reality that right. other people just can't see our senses are a filter to stop our brains from being overwhelmed with reality uh okay when i hear a phrase like that i get 1000 percent creeped out <laughs> yeah he also says a lot of these people heard weird buzzing noises and have symptoms that are basically identical with that do you remember the so-called havana syndrome oh yeah yeah uh for for listeners who may not know this is a, a mystery illness that dozens of u.s diplomats in havana cuba but also other places have experienced over the last few years, which one might suspect was the result of some kind of air space rays to your brain type weapon or a psychotronic weapon, I think they call it. Yeah, it's super creepy. In fact, the Stanford professor says, and I quote, once this turned into a national security problem with the Havana syndrome, I was locked out of all of the access to the files because it's now a serious potential international incident if they ever figured out who's been doing it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and the infamous Skinwalker Ranch comes up in the interview too, as is one of these brains he examined. Whatever happened, happened there. Shout out to the History Channel's The Secret of the Skinwalker Ranch TV show. Uh, should be nominated for an Emmy. <laughs> oh, so does the Stanford professor know what's causing this malady in the brains? I mean, did I, he said it was maybe intuition or like, what does this have to do with the exotic materials? Well, he says he thinks he does know that he has his own private theory, but he's keeping it to himself. Uh, thanks, Gary. Yeah, Gary with two R's. You should look out for those. Uh. Yeah, he was asked by a group of leading um, UFO community people to examine some of the materials they say came from UFO crash sites. Okay, and this is the kind of stuff that Tom DeLong says we're definitely dealing with. And what, yeah. what, did, what did he find? He examined these tiny fragments and long story short, some of them are anomalous and hard, but not impossible to explain as human fragments. Oh, see, I knew it was going to be something like that. This, okay, this is what I hate about the, this is what I hate and love about this UFO thing. Yes, because you love it. It's, in your soul, you do. You're right. It's always right on the razor's edge of what could totally be a boring and human and coincidental thing. Mm -hmm. And what could be the biggest discovery in human history? Like, I think, actually, I think religious faith itself, at least as I experience it, is exactly like that. I think if you want to go to the Bible, I think of the story of Abraham and Isaac in Genesis 22 is exactly like this. God tells Abraham, take your son up the mountain and butcher him. And Abraham does it, which, you know, Abraham in this moment, like he's either a sicko, like he's a murderer and a child mm -hmm, abuser, mm -hmm. or, and this is the, this is that thing, or he's at the height of divine obedience, which is how Judaism and Christianity sees him. The one person on earth whom God can really trust. So I, I guess fundamentally, I think the story of DeLong is yet another vista on this angle about belief, about, uh, about the kind of story that's about belief and knowing and ultimately about faith. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because I think, you know, you and I have been having these conversations for a long time, official weird religion conversations right. for several years now. And I've never really seen you like you are about UFOs, about <laughs> anything else. Because ordinarily, when we cover something, I'm the one who's like, yeah, let's get in there. Spooky Mulder. 
Yeah, I'm the spooky. <laughs> I'm spooky molder for yep, sure. Yep. And you're the much more staid rationalist. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to UFOs, it's a different thing. There's something in your soul, which kind of makes me wonder, like, yeah. if we looked at your brain, what would we find? Oh my Are gosh. we wanting to? So to me, this story is about about why particular mystical things reach some people and not others. Mm-hmm. Because for whatever reason, the UFO thing to me, I'm like, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Yay. Yeah. It doesn't feel like, I feel no existential disappointment. Mm-hmm. I just feel only excitement when I think about it. So then I wonder like, what is it between yeah. you and I? Right. Why are we having this different response? Well, and it sounds like this research, which is obviously not, it's, it sounds like it's in its infancy. I mean, we haven't heard it all yet, is that it could even be have something to do with the very structure of our bodies. Yeah, that part is really fun. I think it's fun to think about um, why certain people, certain physiological beings are more oriented toward religious belief or any kind of mystical, mm-hmm. like supernatural Maybe extra natural because we're talking about UFOs here because it <laughs> doesn't need to be mystical, I guess. Right. It could just be, right. you know, I, that, that to me is the fun part. Thanks for listening, weirdos. For more, find us on Twitter, Insta, Facebook, and our website, weirdreligion.com. Keep it weird. To the stars. Yes.